This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Master of the Flying Guillotine. <laughs> or oh, the original title, Dubai Kwan Wang De Po Jo Di I'm pretty sure you got I it. that. That's, yeah. that's actually, I'm impressed, Jeff. That's actually very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, came out in 1976. Directed by... What? I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Directed by Jimmy Wang Yu. Written by Jimmy Wang Yu. Starring Jimmy, Jimmy Wang Yu. Tian Wu Chu. Kang Chen. And others. Is there any other standouts? Uh, Betty. Fei Long. Fei Long. That's on my list. <laughs> All right. Um, whose was this? Scott? This was mine. Yes. All right, Scott. Hells so, yeah. uh, what's your history with this? So, jeez, ah, a million years ago on cable, uh, this one managed to make its way onto, I think, I don't know, Cinemax or something like that, but way back in the day before there was, you know, 50 different movie channels, it was down to the three, and they would do their, like, like Saturday at midnight, you get this weird kung fu movie thing that they would have going, and uh, yeah, Master of the Flying Guillotine. The title's super weird, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that... You know, at the time, that was kind of a, I, I don't know, not necessarily a turn off, but I was like, I don't know what the hell this thing is. I don't want to watch it. But then I actually sat down to watch it, and I'm glad I did. Uh, this this movie is fucking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. You know, I feel like this could only exist in, in what did you say, Jeff, 1976? Yeah. Like, it, you know, if it was made any later, then it would become a satire. Um, you know, it takes itself seriously. And it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, I saw this in cable on cable a long time ago, and then you know, occasionally we'll, we'll do uh, updated viewings as, as the years go along. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, what's your history? I was introduced to it by Scott. He says, "Dude, you got to watch this movie." And I was, <laughs> yes. I was not disappointed. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. Um. I my history is uh, a couple days old. Uh, I've kind of <laughs> heard of it, but vaguely, no idea what it was about. Probably from and, Scott. Uh, what? It's probably possible. from Scott. Oh well, yeah, from yeah, from you guys, <laughs> Scott. Yeah, since Scott recommended it from Scott. Uh, yeah, it was the first time I've ever watched it. Um, I'm not quite the kung fu guy that you guys are, but um, I have. I'll have more to say about it. Um, and that's it. So let's get into our list. As always, we each talk about seven items from the movie. Scott, why don't you lead us off? Which number seven? Okay. Uh, this whole thing's just like a, an, you know, sometimes we do comedies and I'll be like, oh, I just don't want to do all the jokes. Like in this one, I don't want to do like just all the fucking awesome shit that piles, that's piling in this movie. Um, but let me, let me just start off by saying that for 1976, for, for a, a Kung Fu movie that made its way, well, you know, I I don't know when it finally made its way over here to to the states, but this movie is super violent. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's 1976. This still might be the most violent kung fu movie 
that I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> there are multiple decapitations, um, people's eyes getting pushed in, uh, people's uh, spines being snapped in half. Like, uh, and let's not forget a guy being cooked alive, which I'll have more to say about later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, th- for a kung fu movie, this is surprisingly violent. Especially for, this isn't Shaw Brothers, but it's that same kind of style of, of movie that came out of Hong Kong. Um, and yeah, it, it, surprisingly violent. <laughs> Damn right it is. Me- memorably so. <laughs> All right, Alex, what's your number seven? My number seven is when I first saw that, <laughs> the guy that was dressed like Raiden, I was, for the longest time, I'm like, I know that guy. How, how could I possibly know this guy? Who is this guy? And then, like, when it dawned on me, I had the biggest laughing fit. <laughs> it was Betty from Kung Pao, End of the Fist, but he doesn't have a mustache in this movie. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's him! <laughs> and everybody high-fived. It's Betty, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I did not recognize him. Yep. I feel shame. Momento. <laughs> Momento. <laughs> Alright, uh, my number seven, and... I this this movie was hard for me just because it's not my cup of tea. So it was hard for me to get over that like prejudice I had going into. I, as soon as I start seeing like <laughs> really against old, Asian people, we know Jeff. Yeah, mm-hmm. this old style kung fu. Like it's I, I don't know. I, I like it, but I don't. It's hard for me to get over it. And I would just say one thing going to that was hard for me. It, it took a little while for all that violent stuff that you were talking about to happen, if I yeah. remember correctly. Uh, and so it just. I had to fight that the entire time. Like, the urge to turn it off uh, was constantly growing. Um, but I did finish it. Um, <laughs> and I have, a lot, I have a lot of good things to say about it. But that's just the one thing. Like I don't think when we should go to rate this, I'm going to be nearly as high as you guys. But, uh, yeah, just I bring in my own baggage with these. It just I got that. It seems really old. <laughs> Look at her. She's old. <laughs> and uh, Ageist. Yeah. So that's my number seven. Uh, movies in black and white. Turn it off. I know, and like I said, I, I don't do that usually, but just these old <laughs> kung fu movies for me, they're hit or miss, and you guys have shown me a few that I really do like, so I know I should be more open, but it's just it's a hard <laughs> thing for me to get over sometimes. Um, Alright, uh, Scott, number six. Number six uh, is the the yoga master, <laughs> the, the Indian guy. Um, so, I, I have a little bit more to say very soon about how horribly racist this movie is. Mm-hmm. And I always forget to before I sit down and watch it. And I, you know, it makes me laugh, but I, I don't know how I should feel about it. But, uh, yeah, the Indian guy, how they, they, they basically, I don't know, they trumped him up with the spray tan or whatever they used, uh, to give him darker skin. It's the heavy foundation. Yeah. And then they, they gave him the turban. Um, and then, then just the yoga thing, which I don't even think is, I, I, I don't even know if that's racist or just like ridiculous. Like I, I, I can't tell, um, but I loved it. The, the, the arms growing totally, you know, you, you can see where Dalsam came from for mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2 in this movie. Um, but yeah, the first time his arms extend and then like all the little camera tricks they did were so cool. <laughs> like it was such like a, like student film-esque thing that they were doing, but there were so many cool little shots. Like there was, there was one when they're fighting in the dojo, where they, 
the way they, they Dutch angle the camera and then have him put his arms down and like another guy's putting his arms up like toward the camera at an angle and like wiggling his fingers. So <laughs> just to show that, like, oh yeah, his arms are really that long. Like, and then just him sweeping around because he couldn't do one at a time. Like he, he had to do both of them at the same yep. time because he was holding out the arms like that, <laughs> which would have been too awkward. Uh, I fucking love the the clicking sound they made when they like extend too. Like, uh, uh, well, he's extending his bones. Yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, just the, the sound effect they chose for that, I thought was really good. Yeah, like a, almost like a I don't know, like a ladder being extended or something like that. Uh, oh yeah, I could hear that. Yeah. A, yeah, who who knows if he was actually trying to do some kind of accent or something? We just couldn't tell. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I love the the whole concept of the Indian guy. What was his name in the movie? I'm looking it up now. Dalton Seam. Dalton I don't sure it shows it. Anyway. Indian guy, that's my number two. Alright, or your number six. Alex, six, that's your number six. <laughs> my number six is the fact that this is a uh, old style kung fu movie. Uh, I know there's a ton of these. Like there was like a, re- a kung fu renaissance in the 70s. And this is like one of the better ones. I was, because like Scott said, this is like nothing I'd ever seen. The title is very like enticing. It's like flight. How can guillotines flight? What? the hell is he talking about and then everything just clicked as soon as he started throwing the circ the the hat and everything it's amazing yep yeah that kind of came out of nowhere for me <laughs> it's it's so so bananas yeah <laughs> and they worked yeah they worked with everything they worked with the technology that they had they could afford very well um, well, actually, well, that's my that's my number six is uh, I know it's seventy six, and maybe I'm just being harsh. But one thing I noticed is the quick edits to, <laughs> yeah. to portray the you know the crazy kung fu and stuff. It was a little like jarring. Like, oh, the super jumps. Yeah, the super jumps. The just any kind they're doing any kind of trickery, throw in the thing. It's just the quick. They weren't doing special effects, right? They were just you know edit shots to make it work, and it, it works. But it was just a little, a couple times, like, eh. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how many of the, the guillotine shots, like, they had to edit just so that they could cut out the guy on the other end of the camera that was throwing it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and like I said, it works. Like, it's actually not even a negative. It's just, it's something I notice. Right? Like, you don't see it in movies anymore because you can't do everything in the computer. Yeah, and, CG and, what, um, yeah. Yeah, and usually kung fu movies, that's their whole thing, is that they, they, they tend to be like wider shots so you can see all the action exactly that was my next point i can compare it to hero or uh what's the one hidden dragon what is it crouching tiger hidden dragon. there you go <laughs> yeah those things like just giant wide scope shots and this was all close it's almost a jason Bourne. yeah not not shaky cam but just just very quick 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 um that's my number six uh, scott number five okay um as I mentioned before with the Indian guy, it's just the, the rampant racism in this movie. It's 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 almost charming. It's so bad. Uh, and it starts off right away when the, the Muay Thai guy shows up. And again, they've like, they've given the guy like a fake tan. And he's like burping and, and hocking up loogies. And he's super rude. And then he does the, 
the the weird dance uh, before he does all the fights. <laughs> yeah, and then and, the, and they actually have like his own music track for that. It's hilarious. <laughs> it says, hey, stop it with those drums. Yeah, and then <laughs> he starts dancing. He's like, "Where's that music coming from?" <laughs> yeah, just the, it's like a superpower that he has. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, and then he's got the Muay Thai style, which in and of itself isn't racist, but um, he's got through the whole thing how he's a foreigner and he's not allowed to join up, and then he's to prove his skills. But uh, so that that's that guy. Um, already mentioned the Indian guy, and you get to the tournament, and there's the Mongolian guy who's got the weird like. I don't know, a gay biker, <laughs> like mesh vest with the studs in it and the weird mustache, <laughs> which is so good. And then, you know, I, I don't know, like, how else he was supposed to be stereotypically Mongolian. I mean, the way he throws his arms down, I have no idea. Um, so there, there were, there were those, three, those three guys. You have the Japanese guy. And this one might be, like, the worst one of all. Because it's like, oh, his name is Wins Without a Knife. And then he stabs a guy. <laughs> I saw like, that. Like just, just, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> just, just to show that, yep, you can't trust these Japanese guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to say one thing and then do another. And the, the best... Think, go ahead. Uh, I think in one sub- subtitle, he was called like something of the hidden blade. Okay. that Or that probably... something of, of three blades. And he showed two. And then, like, during the fight, he, like, extends, like, a hidden blade and he stabs a guy. And he's like, oh, I guess that's where the third blade is. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. And it's also less racist. But, st- <laughs> but still, like, I, I like how they have him doing, like, the... the, the sh- not that you guys want to sense, but the share in the wander get-up. But he... <laughs> I love his entrance, too. Which isn't racist, but it's awesome when he jumps over the wall for no reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, God. He's got great quads. Yeah. Um, there was that. There was another guy that was like... There, there was probably more racist things. We just didn't catch them. Like, like there's the one guy that, that Jesse had the Kopech. Kopech? I forget the, the curved sword. Um, when they were fighting on the poles during the tournament. Like, I think that was supposed to be, like, another style or another, like, place. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, pro- again, we probably didn't catch it all. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, just <laughs> just race, especially against the the, the Thailand guy, the, the Thai people. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, that's my number five. All right, Alex, number five. My number five is all the sound effects. They were gratuitous and they were very loud, but they did pay attention and they had like some good detail on them. Because I remember when uh, the henchman. Barefoot, what's his face, was fighting one of the dudes, and he was fighting in a normal style. But then he switched to like snake style. Then the, his sound effects changed. And I thought that is pretty cool. That's good attention to detail right there. That's a, yeah. like a, a hint to the audience, like okay, he's doing something different. And then he gets, you know, he covers his eyes and he stabs him right in there. That was badass. From that to the flying guillotine having like ricochet sounds to what Scott was saying about. Uh, Dalsim and his extending hands. It's just like, really good overall. Like the, the, the guillotine, that was like the, the spaghetti western gunshot. Yeah, the quick shot. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, my head. <laughs> Alright, uh, my number five is the very beginning when he's teaching the guys how to 
hold their breath so they could walk on the basket and stuff. That was a cool little intro. Uh, what? Yeah, no, I, th- I agree. I thought it was a oh. cool way to, to show that he's the master. Like leading leading up to that, yeah. he's just, like going around like correcting everybody's form and things like that. Right, and you know the, the first guy jumps up there and he walks around it, and I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, you couldn't do that!" Like it would tip over, and then they take all the rocks out. I was like, "Oh, all right, now here we go." <laughs> and then showing him how he could do it by, I don't know, making himself lighter by holding his breath, whatever the hell he was doing. Um, it yeah. works. Foreshadowing. I tried it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, walking on the basket intro was my number five. Walk on the basket. Scott number four. Okay, number four is the the titular master of the flying key team. Uh, if there's if there's one takeaway from, from any of these these movies, these old kung fu movies is one don't don't fuck with with old kung fu masters. <laughs> but especially don't fuck with old blind kung fu masters. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah, kids, if you're listening, I I know there's a lot of peer pressure to to fuck with kung fu masters. Yeah, the just don't do it. Just don't, don't do it. Yeah, don't. Just don't do it. Uh, but I, I love the setup. He had the he had the weird whatever the thing was called that got co-opted by the Nazis. The, <laughs> the yeah, symbol. Buddhist symbol. I forget. Yeah, it's it a, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but yeah. Um, so he's he's rocking that thing for the whole thing. I like how he like shaves his head when he goes on his revenge mission. Um, I mostly love all the close-ups on him. He's like using his 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 eyebrow radar. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're extra long, like Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, so it's like a cat. The, uh, the air, and he moves yeah. his ears too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, and just the whole actual flying guillotine. It's it's just a wildly creative thing to throw in there. I have no idea if this is based on anything. I, I would imagine not. Because <laughs> the way that he, he's able to get come back and the way how it's like unstoppable against almost everybody except for the, the one-armed boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, the whole concept of this guy. Um, you know, on, on one hand he's got this unstoppable weapon. but the other hand, he's blind. But the other hand, being blind might actually make him stronger. Like it's hard to tell like where the <laughs> where the advantages begin and the disadvantages end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just as as a as a, a intimidating villain, it works at least for this movie. Do you think if he's really careful, he shaved his head with the guillotine? <laughs> Maybe. Just pops it on his head. But they should have sh- sh- like, like, showed that. That's awesome. All in one motion. Also, bamboo is magical. Just want to say that. <laughs> That's why pandas are dying. Don't eat <laughs> oh. magic. Well, it's giving them ED. Bamboo equals ED. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so these old kung fu masters with the big white eyebrows. Like I said, I, I'm not into these movies. So like I mainly know it from the Quentin Tarantino stuff, like the Kill Bill. Where did this stuff originate? Obviously, kung fu movies. But is it like it's not this movie, right? It's way older, or um. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stories know. about um, Buddhist monks and bodhisattvas and stuff. Uh, that there were actually a lot of them were warriors. So, but this look is that so? That's a that was a real look, a uh, real Buddhist, or maybe I mean I, I imagine it has to be a little exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. but I mean but a lot. Least, of, if I if I had to guess, I, I would say a lot of it's based on just like the Chinese opera stuff. So. Hmm. 
you know, if you're on stage, you're going to have exaggerated whatever. And then, so they, they make these movies and they do the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I do go to uh, a big temple in L.A. Uh, every year for New Year's and stuff. It's amazing. It's a beautiful place. Everybody should go visit. But they have, like, statues of the different Buddhas and stuff. And uh, even the monks there are kind of dressed similarly. Not with as much flair. Because I don't think these are fighting monks. They're just, you know, regular <laughs> monks. Uh, but, um, yeah, you can definitely see the origins and the exaggerations. All that said, I'm completely guessing. I don't actually know. Okay. Right. Well. All right. Um, Rhonda, Alex is number four? Yeah, my number right. four is Dalsam. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, holy crap, it just clicked. It's like, this movie... Like his is, arms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Is at least in part, if not totally, it, an inspiration for Street Fighter. Yep. Street Fighter 2 specifically, but them having the tournament, people from all over the world, you know, fighting into it, uh, entering and stuff with different, drastically different fighting styles to see who's the best. Uh, yeah, seeing that blew my mind. I like seeing, like, the stuff that I love and then seeing the inspirations for it and drawing connections to it. It's amazing. Well, Barwog should have had one arm. <laughs> You yeah. and I. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I would say that it's unavoidable to not think of Dawson when you saw. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're our age, you're like yeah, Dawson. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my one, my number four, sorry, is the the concept of the one arm boxer. Just this guy going around killing all dudes with one arms. Like it's it, it's like Terminator killing everyone named Sarah. Just just go kill people with one arm. <laughs> It's oh, he's concept. blind. I, you can't see his face. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just a concept. I just, it's, it's a cool concept. And the, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. No, it's going to kill people with one arm. All they had for... to go on was that little clay tile <laughs> that they put on that pigeon. Yeah. He's going to go around filling everybody's face. <laughs> and I just kept thinking of the fugitive. Who <laughs> was a one-armed man? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> In my mind the whole time. I don't care. Mm-hmm. The, I I did I did like the nod to at least in the subtitles, uh, in the in the dub versions that I've watched, a nod to the brave, brave or Jack, the brave little tailor. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah, so, seven in one it? blow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but didn't that just come up in something else recently? Yeah, that Mickey Mouse movie. Yeah, 1930s. that's the little Taylor, but yeah, <laughs> I could have sworn this came up recently in something else, and we looked it up. No, I don't remember. Okay, I think you're thinking about the brave little toaster. Does not. No, mm-hmm. there was like killed seven one blow. All right, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, really? Then I was like, did Mickey get this from this? And I was like, no, that <laughs> happened a long time ago. Um, I don't know when stuff's old. I mean, this is all stuff before I was born, so you don't know. It could be. Like, when you go watch Dumbo, I didn't realize it was made in, like, 1929 or something. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or the 40s, maybe not 29. But still, a long time ago. <laughs> Before my parents were even born. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, on Alex Scott, number three. Yeah. <laughs> number three, as as Alex sort of mentioned, was the tournament. Uh, like, yeah, I've, I've seen a fair amount of these, these older kung fu movies. And and there are tournaments and things like that in them. Uh, I I don't think there's anything quite like this one though, where that's like the whole like 
middle part of the movie. It's this giant tournament. It goes on and on and on. It's all awesome. But yeah, like hey, Alex. What, what about the quest? Starring Jean Claude Van Damme and Roger Moore. That's not an old. Oh, well. What about it is Street now. Fighter the movie? Also not old. Oh. What about Bloodsport? <laughs> that one has the dim mock, so it counts. <laughs> Maisha Doshi. What about the fighting scene in The Great Expectations? <laughs> the first person. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. First person brawl. Take that, Starbuck. <laughs> um, Some Starbucks. Or Startown, or whatever the hell it was. Um, uh, he derailed me. Okay, so yeah, the tournament. Uh, like Alex said, I loved how everybody had a wildly different fighting style. Um, and they all get the chance to like show it off. Even though some of them aren't fighting style so much as, again, racist caricatures. Caricatures. <laughs> uh, some, some of them are like, again, we go back to the super violent one. Uh, the, the iron skin guy gets his eyes stabbed out. Uh, the hair guy, there's the, the braided guy, and the, uh, um, who's he fighting? The... Help me out here, guys. I don't remember. Me guy, yeah, me either. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Ryu. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fighting, and the guy like, picks him up over his head, and he, he's cho- he chokes to death. Then he falls, and the, he dies because his spine got snapped. Uh, like how people are dying in this tournament. Um, I think my favorite thing about the whole tournament is the guy with the fan. <laughs> After everybody wins... Calls out who wins, and it's got that that trumpet fanfare. Uh, the uh, it's super dramatic. You win. Yeah, just again going back to Street Fighter. You got to have the thing at the end saying somebody won. Um, yeah, and they go through. I don't know how many fights. Like it's like seven or eight. <laughs> I mean, even counting the the old kung fu master taking on the massive flying gi team. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different fights, and again. All wildly different styles. Um, even they even got a monkey style guy who's not super effective. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like how they they did they do have the one that's going to automatically be a fight to the death with the the poles and the and the when he has him throw the swords in the ground. Like, why would anybody agree to that? <laughs> I mean, the because one guy the one guy called win. for it, but I don't know why the other guy would want to do it. Uh, you know, outside of that, some of the styles were, were kind of funny. You had the guy that was, at least in the, the subtitle version, was called, like, the Daredevil. And he had, like, he had, like knee pads and elbow pads, like, sewn onto his, onto his outfit. Um, you had some, some of the outfits, the guy with the quick sword that fights the Muay Thai guy. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, what was he fighting? Uh, it was the guy with the quick sword. He's got the weird, like, shirt that's, like, cut out in the front. Like, just all the weird... Outfits and styles, and again, the thing goes on forever. And it's all cool, um, mm-hmm. and then it ends with uh, another decapitation and uh, <laughs> flying guillotine guy just throwing around those explosive balls, which was those also hilarious. <laughs> yeah, massive tournament in the, in the in the middle there. All right, it is a great tournament. Alex, number three. My number three is that the master of the flying guillotine is a great, is an awesome villain. I love his theme song. 
It's so like it's almost like a horror movie villain theme song. It's droning, you know when it when it's on. It's like oh shit, he's like pretty intimidating. At least that's what, the sense that I got. It's like well, he's murdering is, people left, right, and center. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's intimidation. Mm-hmm. But that song is cool. Learn to fear it. <laughs> All right, well, that leads into my number three, and you've kind of both mentioned these already, Alex. The sound effects and the music of the movie, I really liked. Um, some of it, I'm pretty sure I've just heard from other things that's been copied. Um, I wanted to say the music, definitely, and some of the sound effects. I know I've heard elsewhere. I don't know where I've heard them, but uh, um, I just definitely enjoyed it. And uh, you you said it best earlier when, you know, just subtle changes in music when they switch styles. Um, and then just also there's some classic kung fu sounds in there. Um yeah, and the music, like I mentioned, and you mentioned earlier. So that's my number three. Yeah, the, uh, I think for the, the Kung Fu sounds, um, I, like Alex was saying earlier, I, I love when our boxer switches to like the, the more of the snake style. It's just all, like, it's falling with his arms with the whoosh, 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 whoosh. Yeah. Just like a snake. <laughs> anyway. All right. Scott, number two. My number two. Uh, this. I don't know how much I actually like this fight because it was so fucking brutal. When they they basically trapped the the Muay Thai guy <laughs> in that little house. I got more to say about this too. <laughs> so so the one on boxer like tricks this guy into going to the house with him. This tiny little hut basically, um, and it has a bunch of windows. Um, but as soon as they they get in there, the the one on boxer students lock the door. And then they all man the windows with spears, so to, to basically pin the Muay Thai guy inside the, this little building. But then, like they've they put down some like I don't know what that's supposed to be just like iron, like thin sheets of iron plate on the floor, and then they heat uh, or they basically burn a bunch of straw and hay underneath the house to heat up the the floor because the Muay Thai guy, of course, is barefoot. And then they just have this big fight scene where basically he's being like burnt alive. Like the Muay Thai guy, and you know, as even the first time I watched this, I was like, "Yeah, I guess he's a villain." But Jesus Christ, this is fucked up. Like, this is yeah. like I don't know if this guy necessarily deserved this. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes to show, like, how devious the one on a boxer is. It's like, yeah, he's the hero, but he does he does some like like diabolical shit in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, that whole fight scene's brutal. He keeps like flopping around every time he hits the ground, and uh, he's just crying out because he's being burned. And then they have the close up on his hands, like being all charred and the skin peeling off. And then like you see it on his face, and and eventually they just <laughs> this is the best part. Uh, eventually he he does the the fall unconscious thing, which everybody does in this movie, um, or maybe dead. I don't know because he did the super punch. And they yeah, just leave him in there. Like, <laughs> they just leave him in there to, like, to, to, for his, you know, I don't know, cook him or something. But it, it just left him in there. It's like, Jesus, just drag him out of there so you don't have to smell it anymore. No, they drug him out. He told the students to get the body out of there after he jumped into that did little he? jar of water. Okay. Yeah. I did I did like the look on his face when he jumps in the in the pot. Almost, like, it sort of might have been real. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe he really did, like, stand on something really hot just so that it would be, like, realistic when he jumped in there. I don't know. But yeah, that fight is fucking like that. That's like one of the most violent things I've ever seen on film. Like it's that bad. 
Yeah. It's pretty Gosh. bad. All right, Alex, number two. My number two is the titular flying guillotine. It's an awesome weapon. Completely impractical. <laughs> but it's terrifying at the same time. Because not only if it entraps you, like if it entraps your head, you're gone. There's no way out of it. But if you happen to dodge it, there's also the razors on the outside edge. And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. <laughs> Well, most well, weapons are like portable. A... I don't. I don't know. I'm not following you on that one. Well, because he collapses it like into like a little thermos shape type of thing. It almost looks like a scroll. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so badass. It's, yeah. It's an awesome weapon, and I love how he, he wields it. It's like in a movie full of like crazy martial arts and crazy weapons and stuff like that. This one really stands out, even with everything else going on. If you're gonna base a movie around just one item, this is the way to do it. Agreed. Um, all right, well, my number two and one are kind of what you guys have both touched about, but my number two is just, it's very violent. I'm not going to pick out an individual scene, but yeah, there's some pretty gnarly stuff going on here. And like I said, the very shocked by the very first just the use of the guillotine. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Um, R.I.P. that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They they actually killed the chicken. This movie. <laughs> Who is it uh, that checks for animals were harmed? The Humane Society. Yeah, they weren't on set that day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or in China. Nine seventy six in China. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was extremely violent. Um, a little over the top, but or very over the top. Almost. Yeah, that's nah, an arm still, wrestling movie. I still liked it. I was going to say, it might be almost too much for me, but I disagree with that. It's still hilarious. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the violence a lot in this movie. All right, so we're on to our number one, Scott. Number one, I, I think, might be everybody's number one, but the, the final showdown between uh, the one-armed boxer and the Master of the Flying Guillotine mm-hmm. that ranges throughout these couple of shops where, um, again, the the... The one on boxer knows that he can't beat the the master straight up, uh, at least as lo- not as long as he has the, the guillotine. And even then, he's still outmatched. So he sets up like very, again, very like cleverly. Um, first thing he goes into the shop; it's full of birds, um, because that'll fuck with the the master's hearing and senses. Um, that actually doesn't help him out a ton because he gets immediately like kicked into another building. But he, like, mm-hmm. planned for all this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he gets kicked in this other building, and he has to, like, run around a little bit and then hide. And he starts throwing stones and stuff and basically, you know, outsmarting the uh, the, the master. Um, and before this even happens, he he goes into a, like, a he sets up all these bamboo poles um, because bamboo is magical. And uh, he, he gets the, the master fine guillotine to throw the guillotine at him, not knowing that the poles are there. And they, they break off the blades in the entire inside because bamboo is nigh indestructible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just that whole that whole fight scene again so brutal because the you know you gotta wonder if the one box is actually the 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 good guy here because um, <laughs> he, he sets up all these hatchets that like on all these traps so that when the master of flying eating does stuff like he has these hatchets flung at him um, and they. He pulls out one of them. Or I think he pulls out two of them. They get stuck in him. Um, 
The third one, one. (laughs) she gets punched all the way through his body, and he's still going strong, you know, if not for the the super punch that the the one on Boxer is capable of unleashing, then uh, who knows how that Mm -hmm. fight would have still turned out. But even even without the guillotine, the the master's still, like, more than a match for this guy. Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, He's got two arms. He's got two arms, too, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that that whole setup, where he, just all the little different things that the, the one on boxer does to to outsmart him to get the upper hand on this guy, um, and then and then for dramatic effect, um, he punches him through the roof, and then before he lands, he basically like Buddha palms a coffin out outside so that the <laughs> the master of the flying guillotine lands inside this coffin, mm-hmm. and then he gives him like this lay of flowers and walks out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. My condolences. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my number one. That whole that whole scene which I broke down. <laughs> nice breakdown. Alex, number one. My number one is that the one on boxer will stoop down to any level as long as he can <laughs> wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not only that Not too he proud. Up, <laughs> he sets up the trap in the cave leading up to the house that the Mutai guy finds. But then the guy that's leading the Master of the Flying Guillotine in there trips. And then uh, Betty finds him and he wants to take the woman as his uh, apprentice because he sees her skill in fighting. <laughs> and, and then it's the one on Boxer that has a hidden blade in his chest that he just hugs him to death. Well, no, he gets stabbed. Yeah. No, no, I mean, the one on Boxer gets stabbed. That's what he gets him no, he has a hidden blade in his chest. Because it's protruding out. Doesn't he, like, hold his side? No, just to expose it, and then he stabs him with it, and then you can see it, that he takes it out, and it's on a piece of string or something. Hmm, I'll have to watch that again. Yeah. I totally misread this thing. <laughs> but yeah, then he stabs him, and then, yeah, he cooks the guy alive in the house. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's uh, just torture. Man, just have all your students stab the guy and get it over with. You didn't even need to trap him in fire, but he wants to be as fair as possible when he's cheating to win all these fights. <laughs> but yeah, when fighting the master, going through all the sets, uh, deblading the flying guillotine, through the birdhouse, through all the flying hatchets. Oh, this poor bastard. He was like the Boromir, but it was hatchets instead of arrows. Oh, oh, one, one more note about that, about that fight. So the the one on Boxer sets up all this shit, but he doesn't bother telling the owner of the shop. And the guy gets fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's going on? It's Man. like, um, again, gotta wonder if the one on Boxer's a good guy. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that's my number one. That whole ending, like, 30 minutes. This is amazing. All right. Uh, my number one is just the the flying guillotine in itself. You guys have already talked about it, but just the fact that it just it just it comes out of nowhere. It's totally impractical, but if you get that thing hooked around, you're screwed. And then it has a little, like you said, Alex. If you miss, you'll still get the edge blades. And um, yeah, I I thought so. Like I said no going. In, I thought the flying guillotine was just some move, you know. And then all of a sudden, like no, that's a flying guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite literal. Yeah, exactly. It's very literal. Um, so yeah, I was just just seeing him use it throughout it was pretty damn awesome. So yeah, that's my number one. 
Um, any honorable mentions? R.I.P. Chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Live animal getting decapitated. That's pretty good. Don't see that yeah. in movies much anymore. Yeah. Oh, but it happens millions of times a day. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> um. All right, let's rate it. As usual, we rate uh, movies but scale, yeah, on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute garbage. So, Scott, what's your rating here? So, this is, you know, top five, top three, uh, even kung fu movies of all time. Um, I, I don't have the, the expertise in kung fu movies to say how original this movie is, but based on what I've seen, like, there's nothing like this thing, and it came out in 1976. Um, even even amongst all these other movies about different tournaments and things, uh, it's so awesome with all the again all the, the fighting styles, um, how bananas some of this action is. I mean, we, we even forgot to mention how the uh, the master flying guillotine can rotate his head 360 degrees. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is amazing. Uh, you know, it's like radar. Yeah, again, this, the first time I saw this, I was like, "Oh man, this was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen," um, and I was happy to be able to share it with other people, including Alex. So I got to give it a seven. Wow! Damn. All right, Alex. Uh, I love this movie. I it, it doesn't have the emotional punch that a lot of other kung fu movies have. Uh, there's usually like they're fighting for a cause or to defend something or to defend their honor. Uh, this is a straight up revenge movie. There's barely a story in this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it doesn't need but, it. But <laughs> yeah, the action, the the gimmicks, all the weapons are so good that uh, the over the top violence. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six. I've had that just little extra element. Okay. Yeah. And uh, for me, I'm gonna give it a four. I. Did not dislike it, but did not like it. I just had a hard time getting over it. Of the ones you guys have shown me, this would probably be towards the bottom. Uh, okay, because, yeah, there was no story. It was just... Uh, there was some really cool stuff, but also just some... I just had a hard time with it. Um, I, I would say this is like... Now that I think about it, this is like Commando for me as far as Kung Fu movies go. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, except uh, his two Jennies died, so that's why... Uh, John Matrix Guillotine had to go on a revenge rampage. Yep, rampagement. Mm-hmm. All right, well, there it is. So, what's our crossover list? Uh, so, uh, our crossover list this week is uh, top five henchmen. Um, you know, also counting... Uh, uh, minions and mini bosses too, if that happens to make its way on anybody's list. Um, you know, and in this case, there are many henchmen uh, to the Master of the Flying Guillotine. There's just two students, which we barely talked about, mm-hmm. but they have their own ability. And they uh, have their own movie. Yeah. Um, but I will start off with uh, somebody from the James Bond franchise, and uh, my favorite henchman out of all of them. Christmas Jones. How did you guess? Well, she's not a henchman. Oh. Uh, yeah. Somebody's going to have her butt. Yeah. She's a nuclear physicist. Yeah. Uh, the uh, one that shows up more than once shows up in two movies, and that would be Jaws. Uh, <laughs> His by name the, is Jaws. He kills people. Yeah. Yes. By the, by the great Richard 
kill Kyle. Um, yeah, in the in Moonraker, um, when when Bond is escaping on a gondola with with Doctor Holly Goodhead, uh, can't write this stuff. Um, he's being chased by Jaws, and she asked who he is, and as Alex just pointed out, uh, the response from from James Bond, Roger Moore's James Bond, is his name is Jaws. He kills people. And then he, yeah, <laughs> That's it. his whole thing is he's this giant dude that bites through shit, and he has like all these feats of strength. At one point, though, they're on this train in in uh, from Russia with love, I think, uh, or the spy who loved me. I, forget, I always get those two confused. But uh, they're on a train, and he's like hiding in a closet, and it's like physically impossible that he would be in this closet, but yeah. he is, uh, and it's fucking amazing. Uh, so number five, Jaws. Is this your ball? <laughs> yeah. You can count on me. <laughs> Uh, guns don't kill people. I kill people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, what's your number five? My number five is from a very poorly theatrically received movie, but found its way home, uh, found its audience in home video, A Christmas Story, and that would be Scar- Scott Fargus's Toadie. What's his face? With the beady yellow eyes. Wait, is he the henchman or his his... Who's the, the henchman toady. of? The toady's the henchman of Scott Fargus. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. The little guy's got the 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 cool leather jacket and the hat. Yeah, I forget his name. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name too. All right, that's a, that's a good one. I did not think of that one. Um, my number five also didn't see much success in the movie theater, but great success later. And mine would be the Six Fingered Man. From oh, nice! That's the high Bride. Good call. Um, yeah, he doesn't have much in there, but he definitely, with his story with uh, Nigga Montoya and just all that stuff, is great. The torture scene and him. Yeah, yes, yeah, he does have a couple of great lines. Yeah, yeah. He might, might, I'll, I have one to say it later, but yeah, yeah, he's great. Right. Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, and I, what's his real name in the movie? Uh, Count Rugen. Uh, Tyrone. Tyrone. You're always worried about me, Tyrone. Which is probably why I'm still alive. <laughs> All right. That's my number five. So, Scott. Uh, number number four. four um, going back to Kung Fu movies. Uh, and that would be Gogo Yubari from Thought Kill Bill Volume 1. Uh, yeah. Uh, textbook henchman. Uh, not in the movie for long. She doesn't get to do much henching, uh, but she gets a little cool background story where she stabs a dude for no reason. She's crazy. Is henching a verb? It is now. All right. Um, yeah, why not? And she has an awesome weapon. That's 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 the closest thing we've ever gotten to like the flying guillotine. Is that that yeah. spike ball that she has, uh, or that or mostly it's just a heavy ball and a chain? Then she hits a button, and, and like for no physical reason that we can discern. Bunch of uh, like blades pop out of it, uh, and then she yeah starts swinging it around and like ah she's got like the actress that plays her um, Chiaki Chiaki ah what's her name uh, I can't remember her name all of a sudden but uh, she's just got these dead eyes like you can, you can actually see the crazy there yeah um, and yeah they just have a, a cool action scene but I I love her whole uh, uh, shtick about. Um, how she wanted to beg for forgiveness and 
Uh, yeah, just very effective in the short time that she was there. And she gets to do a bunch of cool shit, too. Which is always a prerequisite for good yep. henchmen. Yeah, and just Quentin Tarantino knows how to set up a character very well. Like, you know, we barely even know anything about her. Just the one scene about her, like, uh, killing the dude for hitting on her and the thing, and just, just the little stories, and... Oh, this is badass. So when she fights, when uh, the bride... She's, I haven't seen this movie. When Beatrice kills everybody, and you think, oh, and she steps out, she's like, oh, fuck, she's in trouble. Yeah. All right, Scott, or Alex, number four. My number four is uh, Odd Job from the 007 series for the movie, yeah, because he's got the cool hat that he throws and it decapitates statues. But also because <laughs> I like I was the bastard and and Goldeneye and four player mode that picked Odd Job not every time but every once in a while <laughs> when I was on a losing streak. Uh, Wait, he had was a it? short hitbox, so he was nigh unkillable. What was it? It sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there there were house rules. <laughs> um. All right, uh, my number four is the Agent Smiths. Smith, Smiths from... Smiths. The Matrix movie. I don't want to include all the sequels. Definitely the first one. Um, as they are sent by whatever is running the Matrix. I don't even remember at this point, but... Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Colonel... There's something yeah. wrong with your medulla. I'm not about it. <laughs> You're wrong. But yeah, I think he badass a henchman, Agent Smith. Mr. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Scott, number three. Okay. Number three, uh, going to video games and, uh, you know, I, again, we, I don't have to say this for, for Jeff, but uh, yep. uh, I'll go ahead and break Shigatoshi. it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy VI, uh, and that'd be Kefka. Um who starts off as a perfectly bitchy henchman, completely hateable, and then stuff happens, and he no longer be no longer is a henchman. But why he is a henchman? Uh, he is a complete hateable asshole. Yeah, he's a good heel. And uh, yep, one of one of the best villains ever in any video game. Uh, and he gets to say some cool stuff like "son of a submariner." <laughs> at least, at least in the uh, the U.S. localization. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing he didn't say that in the in the original Japanese. But, he probably did. Or, or the Son whole U-boater. Well, the whole wait. Do I look like a waiter? <laughs> Classic Kefka. And then he had the laugh too. <laughs> so, All yep, right, out. Number three. Number three. My number three is from the first X-Men movie, Mystique. She's Magneto's number one woman. Perfect henchman. My number one. She can disguise herself, turn herself into anybody. Even say voice? You know what? I don't know. She didn't say much. Right? No, no. She can do the voice. Never mind. She can do the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the exact line. But I think that's X2 when that happens, but. Which is the one with uh yeah that's with Nightcrawler it's the second one right yeah she was she was part of the best joke I think in the first movie when she's pretending to be 
where she's going around pretending to be people, and, and then they're in the the base of the Statue of Liberty, and um, Cyclops runs across uh, Wolverine and says, "How do I know that you're not Mystique or you're that you're the fake, whatever?" And he says, "You're a dick." <laughs> and Cyclops is like, "Yep, yeah, fair enough." Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, my number three. Once again, this is more reputation, more than he does anything on the screen, because he really doesn't do anything on the screen except die. And that would be Luca Brazzi from The Godfather. Yep. Um, you don't see story. him do a damn yeah. thing. You just hear Michael tell a story about him and him doing her, rehearsing his lines before oh. visiting. And Classic it, scene, though. <laughs> yeah, May a child then, be a masculine child. And the fact that, you know, the... Fazolis, I already forgot their name. The Fatellis, the Fazolis, the Fazolis. They knew that they had to take care of him first, uh, even before they did the hit on uh, the Salazzo so. Turk. The Salazzo, the Turk. Salazzo, there you go. Uh, yeah, so Luca Rossi, my number three. He sleeps with the fishes, yes. literally. I thought you said he was dead. No, I said he sleeps with the fishes. You see? Oh, no, Tony, no. Uh, what? That's one of the greatest jokes ever. In <laughs> yeah. Uh, number number two is uh, Six Finger Man, Count Rugen. Uh, again, nice. all, all the stuff Jeff already said. Uh, the If you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. <laughs> ah, so many good lines from him. Uh, Stop sh- saying that. Yeah, such a shit heel. Uh, perfect shit heel. Uh, Count Rugen, yes. my number two. Mm-hmm. Did you come all this way just to fail now? How marvelous. Or whatever he says. Now come now, this is for posterity. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Alright, uh, Alex, number two. My number two is the Monarch's Henchman from Venture Brothers. <laughs> Specifically 21 and 24. Yeah. Oh man! Which is the the only henchman that he has that survived through like everything? <laughs> Everybody else gets killed. They even had that one episode where they were sent on a mission with another henchman, and this guy was like a tryhard. He had the manual. He had all the gadgets and stuff. He still gets murdered. My my favorite bit from them was the the garage sale one, and they they think they buy they <laughs> yeah. think they buy the they they bought a lightsaber, and he goes through the whole like. Star Wars kid routine with the, the lightsaber. It turns out it's just a stick. <laughs> and he says, Oh no, we've been gypped. <laughs> You'd have to say, like, I'm not doing it justice, but it's, oh, it's the funniest fucking thing. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I agree, Alex. It's a good one. Feel All the right. wrath of the Madak. <laughs> My number two. I don't know if he's a I think he's a henchman. Darth Vader. Is he not the henchman? Is he not the Emperor's henchman? He is a henchman. This counts. I will right. allow it. Because if you don't give me him, then I'm going to take Boba Fett. He gets, but a, I think Darth he gets Vader. a shitload of uh, screen time, but he is, uh, yeah. yeah, he's a henchman. <laughs> I agree. He's uh, Tarkin's henchman first. That's true. Well, I mean, he's the Emperor's all along, but... And yeah. still, can I, br- can I bring up again that I still don't get why, like... Why Tarkin is like the one guy he listens to besides the Emperor? Because they hadn't wrote the Emperor in the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'll buy that. <laughs> Good. 
I mean, I, you know, I, they explain it in the books, and but I don't even know which ones I've read or canon or not anymore, <laughs> so I'm not going to try to explain it. But it is explained. Yes, I know. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. Uh, number one, Scott. Number one is actually not one person or two people. It's three. Fucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're taking my number one, too. Yep. Larry, Moe, and, and Shemp. How did you guess that? <laughs> uh, no, that would be the three storms from Big Trouble in Little China. Ah, That's pretty yeah, good. mine too. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, that is uh, rain, thunder, and lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're fucking awesome. Uh, they all get their little moments to shine. Um, like they're they're all like complete badasses. Uh, you know the. The, the one guy has the awesome sword fight with uh, with Wang. Um, <laughs> uh, the other guy just basically gets a statue dropped on him. He kind of goes out like a chump. Uh, the other guy basically yeah, kills himself by blowing himself up. Uh, yeah, they all get to do that. They, he's gonna stop. Yeah, they all have a, they have a fucking awesome intro where they they show up. And then they, they all do the flip and throw the cookies. Uh, and then, like, Wang's like, we need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, yeah, they, they do the thing with the, the I don't know, the rubber ball later? I was confused about what the <laughs> hell that's supposed balls. to be. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, balls. They go through the, the whole cool ceremony. Uh, they You know, they managed to imbue, like, a lot of personality in these guys, even though they don't have, like, a whole lot of, like, ways to or dialogue anyways to mm-hmm. give off any characterization yeah and at the end of the movie when they all come back to do their fights they all have like a great mini boss intro where one guy's just shooting lightning in every direction and the other guy and then nothing ever happens they all just die <laughs> <laughs> well rain's the one that actually has the uh the awesome sword fight with wing yep. oh that's right i forgot about that one okay like when he's like looking at him up and down, like how the hell is this guy keeping up with me? And then, then Wang does the, the eyebrow thing. It's fucking cool. I was just gonna say that he does his eyebrows. And Thunder's going back and forth, chasing uh, Jack Burton around, and then he stops in the middle of the hallway, just breaks his neck. Yes, that's <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I, I love how Wang's running through that scene. He, that guy, like he, that guy's better than uh, Tom Cruise running, running on screen. Yeah, <laughs> looks like he's hauling ass. Yeah, I'm a reasonable guy. <laughs> I've seen some unreasonable shit. All right. Alex, number one. The same. same. The three storms. Amazing. All right. Anything to add? No. Nope. We said it all. All right. My number one is Bob the Goon from 89 Batman. Oh, damn. That's good, too. <laughs> he really doesn't do anything. It's just he goes out like a chump, which is pretty much the best part. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me I had one of those things? <laughs> Bob Gun. So yeah. Bob the Goon, Joker's henchman from number one guy. Batman. He's, He's a cool uh, purple leather jacket too. Yeah. The thief from Conan the Barbarian. Yep. Or the Destroyer. Destroyer, yeah. Yep. And, uh, he takes pictures of Vicky Vale and Knox, the headshot. <laughs> the best picture ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? I had one. 
but it's more than one person, so it's kind of like stormtroopers could be considered henchmen too, right? If you wanted to, but I had the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. That's my one honorable. I I thought about the the guy from Fellowship that that kills Boromir. Oh, the Uruk Hai leader guy. But I don't know his name. (laughs) But let me say, the big guy. Yeah, Uruk Hai leader guy. I think I said Uruk Hai leader. Yeah. (laughs) And if you don't like Nazgul, if you want to push me on it, then I just would have said the Witch King because at least you get a single him. The Witch King of Agma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That guy. That guy. Any others you guys have? Um, Still one of yours, Jeff, and say Boba Fett. Okay. (laughs) No disintegration. He's no good to be dead. All right. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. What the hell? (laughs) Somebody fell on an organ. It's like the ESPN music. What's going on here? (laughs) I just played my real quick. All right. Sports ball? It's the 30th anniversary of Major League. Oh. What? Yeah. Go watch it. Came out in 1988. Are you hearing about this movie? movie? Not Major League Baseball. Yeah, I was like, uh. (laughs) It's been around for 30 years. Uh, yeah, I caught a little article on ESPN, and it's uh, it shows some examples of how it predicted the future of baseball, like doing a, um, like trying out players that were not you know your norm, like the wild thing, uh, money balling it or whatever it's called. You're digging into the California Penal League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think they were money balling it in that movie, but okay. No, but st- it regular like trying crazy. The stuff tanking, like that. tanking has become a thing. I was going to say tanking was definitely a thing now. Yeah, like finishing in last. It's yeah. like, no, we've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. Usually not so they can move the team. But, uh, right. Usually for draft picks now. I mean, Cleveland's... I mean, the one thing they got wrong was Cleveland still doesn't own anything. <laughs> yeah. They did go to World Series. Though. They did. They've been to a couple, I think, since that movie came out. Yeah. And the city at least finally won the sport. They finally got... NBA. There it is. Go watch it. All right. Oh, and Mike Trout had uh, five home runs in four games. So there you go. And decided his 12-year contract. Yeah, that was in high school baseball. No. <laughs> I got four home runs in a single game. <laughs> he has hit five home runs in the last four games. Yeah. It's Al Bundy-esque. All right, it's time for Niam News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right, only one, really one thing I want to talk about today, and that's um, next week, uh, as of the, the airing of this episode, uh, will be Game of Thrones on the 14th. Uh, one wiener next to another floppy wiener. Uh, I'm so, this whole month, I got, got another week for this, and then another two weeks for... Avengers, um, yeah, I can't wait. I, on Saturday, I did my, uh, my Game of Thrones fantasy draft. Um, <laughs> yeah, who's gonna survive? So that's part of it. So it, it works just like a, a fantasy sports league, where we we had a draft and it was a snake draft. Um, so you pick a character, and then they come off the board, and then you get points for certain things for that character. So I feel like. 
if you get one of the if you had to pick one of the first four or five characters, probably gonna win the the whole thing. Because based on some of the uh, criteria for points, like one of the things for points was sleep with the blood, sleep with the blood relative, <laughs> and I feel like that can only be so many characters. Um, there was wins you get a shitload of points if a character wins the Iron Throne, um, and again, it, it's possible nobody wins the throne, but if somebody does, it's likely to only be again like three or four characters. Um, Pod. You know, yeah. So you get points for killing somebody, killing a named character. Uh, you get points for dying. Uh, you get points for if your character survives the whole thing, um, survives to the end. That's points. Uh, saying something witty, um, killing White Walkers. Like there, there's a whole um, slew of different saying things. Saying something witty. So if you have Tyrion, exactly. So that, that's that's yeah. right. That was my first pick. I was like that was like the seventh pick overall though. So I feel like I'm not doing so well. So my, so for my picks. Um, because by then all the like really big name characters were gone. Um, I got, uh, so I got, I got Tyrion and actually the Lannisters went, um, five, six and seven, um, in my draft. Uh, but yeah, I got Tyrion. Um, I got Drogon. So I got one of the dragons. (laughs) So, so I'm resting my head on the fact that that thing's going to fuck up some white walkers. Uh, that's, that's about all I can really hope for. Because it's not gonna say anything, so I'm kinda fucked there. Um. <laughs> what if and, it was witty fire breath? And it's not, it's probably not gonna have sex with one of the other dragons. Um, unfortunately, oh, so. They're the only ones left. Yeah. So there, there is a note. And uh, if it would be, it'd be incest, that's double points. Yep. So there, there is, there is points for getting naked, but it said specifically that, that dragons and direwolves did not count. <laughs> uh, which leads me to my next one is I got, I got ghost. So again, I'm just hanging my hat on these on these these two creatures killing a shitload of White Walkers. Although Ghost could potentially kill some humans too, so maybe I'll get lucky lucky with that. And then I I don't remember what one of my other picks was. And then finally I wound up with Sweet Robin, um, really just hoping that I'm gonna get points for him dying because that's about all he's gonna do. Because <laughs> I don't think he's gonna survive. So at least I'll get points out of that. How do you how do you count like say the dragon goes and just like either dragon just like destroys a you don't know how many people there are right yeah I don't I don't know how that's supposed to work um, or like Cersei in the end of about two seasons ago the right, I don't right. want to spoil would stuff you, would you people, got play but, the game yeah <laughs> like Overwatch play the game um yeah I don't I don't know how that's supposed to work um I, yeah I, I imagine there's some kind of cap. And also, there's the whole thing of like they said something witty or whatever. Like that's kind of objective. Um, so, whoever's excuse me, the site that's running the, the the criteria for the pool, like it's kind of on them to decide all this stuff. So again, I'm hoping that like you know, it, if it happens multiple times, that maybe it caps after more than once. I don't know, like touchdowns or something. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> I thought it was it was a fun dumb little thing. And, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. Can't wait. Just can't believe it's one more week. It's kind of sneaking up on us now, like white yeah. walkers. Uh, so, um, dust at- off my old uh, horn horn mugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fill that thing with mead. Yeah. Uh, oh no, the Arbor Gold. There you go. Uh, Texas tea. So, so Jeff, did you? You said you were watching the previous season. I was season? trying to watch six and seven, and I haven't made much progress. <clears throat> Okay, and and has uh, hold the door as far as I got. Okay, and then Alex, have you seen 
caught up? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, well, without spoiling too much, Meh. Uh, what, when was the last episode you saw, Alex? Uh, the Red Wedding. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was the first full episode that I saw. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, I was I was going to say maybe we do a couple quick predictions. Because uh, it probably, yeah, we probably won't talk about the first episode of the season until it's aired. Uh, or talk about Game of Thrones again until it's aired. Um, you, you okay with that, Alex, or no? Yeah, that's fine. All right, well, spoiler alert if you don't want to be spoiled. Massive spoilers if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, yeah. Um, Alex, you can earmuff. You won't blame me. Meh. Um, so, first prediction. Um, it, assuming that somebody does take the Iron Throne, Jeff, who's that going to be? Mm-hmm. Jamie Lannister. No, Martha. No. Martha! Uh, who's going to take the Iron Throne? I don't think... Does we have to... So, my prediction is no one's going to take it. If somebody takes it, it's going to be... I don't... I don't even know. Uh, I'll just be... It'll be Cersei. She's going to survive somehow. Okay. Alright, so... Um, that's a good pull. I, I tend to think that... Nobody's... Like, the whole... The Sim Kingdom's going to be wrecked, and then I'll be that. Yeah, that's, that's what I imagine. And it won't matter. Um, uh, although there's the, the whole prophecy thing with Cersei. So I think that's going to come to fruition. Uh, I already forgot what that was. Basically that she, she would be replaced by a younger, more beautiful queen. Uh, which doesn't necessarily mean that she has to die, I guess. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, wasn't that... Um... um... Nor Natalie Dormer's character? I already forgot her name now. Well, it could have been. But not no more. What about she was replaced. It could be him. I guess you're you're right, Jeff. They could have potentially fulfilled the prophecy. Yeah. Um so yeah, who knows? Um Okay, so that's that's one thing down. I think yeah, again, I think see that or Braun. <laughs> Braun's just gonna be last man standing, and then that'll be that. Um Okay, so now, just a quick rundown, then, Jeff, of will they live or not? All right, you ready? Yes. All right, John. No. Danny. No. Sansa. No. I'm sensing a thing no here. To everything. <laughs> Arya. Wait, I, actually, I think yes. Sansa's going to live. I do think Sansa. Arya, no. Arya's going to live. Okay. So, quick note on just Sansa. Face. I think I think Sansa's going to pull some kind of, like, little finger move. Not not to betray anybody, but to like outsmart somebody, because like all that training shit's not going to go to waste. And didn't she outsmart Littlefinger? She sort of did. Okay, but I mean, like it's going to happen again. This is my prediction. But okay, so um, Arya. Yes. No, I think she dies. Okay. Yeah, she'll change her face. Uh, Tormund's giant giant Spain. Uh... I fucking hope that guy lives. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I can see him living. He just gets tough. He's a hard guy to kill. Yeah. The hound. Uh, the hound. He'll live. Uh, okay. Um, I have no idea. Well, it's Bran. He's still around. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's just... But his yeah. life's going to be crap. He'll yeah. slip into summer. <laughs> uh, He'll br- be quasi-alive. Um, Sam. Samwell. No. He's gonna die doing something heroic. I think he's. I think he's gonna live. And he's gonna take the I think Iron he, Throne. I think he's actually gonna eventually take over the Night's Watch. 
I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to put the pin down and go hug his family like Samuel Gamgee. <laughs> he's the narrator the whole time because yeah, that George R. R. Martin always said it was him anyway. So that's my thing. If I right. could, if I could go to one family, it would have been them. Okay, and then finally, uh, there's like there's too many characters, but uh, I'll wrap this up with with one more character. Uh, Pod and his magical penis. Um, that's what's going to lance the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the stroke that's going to <laughs> thrust killing blow. Yes. Yeah. Well, Pod's going to die, but his penis will be alive and well. He's going to die. But did you ask me about Jamie or... Uh... Oh, yeah, so Jamie. Jamie and Cersei. You already said Cersei was going to live, but uh, Jamie. Yeah, Cersei's going to live. Jamie is going to die... And I don't know about Tyrion is tough. Yeah, Tyrion makes it out. Bron. I think he makes it out. Okay, well, actually, one more last one, Bron. Yeah. Okay. He's finally going to get his castle. <laughs> uh, I know I said one more, but uh, Melisandre, because she's still around. And, and Davos. Oh, Davos will live. Melisandre won't. Right. Uh yeah. I think I think Davos has got to survive because he's been through too much shit at this point. Just yeah, that old pirate. Although lucky, although at this lucky bones, but you know nobody's safe in Game of Thrones. So. Davos kills Melisandre, so she dies, he lives. Yeah, that works. All right. Um, again, Game of Thrones next week. Book it, people. Can't wait. So, All right. uh, anything from you, Alex, that you want to talk about? Yeah, I saw Aquaman. Oh, yeah. The Aquamans? The Aquamans. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. I enjoyed it. This is like middle of the road. Mm-hmm. I will say that it captured the vibe of the DC Comics more than any other movie since uh, the original Superman. Because, you know, the comic books, Marvel and DC, always had their own, like, uh, the vibe and everything they all they all had their own like uh not themes that they dealt with cuz that was kind of similar but just the way they went about it all the language and stuff and and just the feeling that you get from each comic uh and this one i think uh captures it stronger than any other modern movie even wonder woman it's like when you see this movie it's like yeah this is the way that all the characters speak and uh the the storyline and everything this is pretty dc through and through Okay. Oh right, yeah, I think we all liked it, right? So. I think yeah, there's little touches of like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft in there. Um, yeah, that was cool. The point it was like very fucking metal. Like some of the long shots when they go into the city and like the music was kind of like, mm-hmm. like techno-ish. And, uh, Plus the original Super Friends Aquaman sound effect. Uh, I love that. Could have done without some things, but yeah, overall <laughs> it was it was it was fun. To me, it's a it's good, but a lesser version of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much. <laughs> I came out on it too. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. analogy. Jeff. All right, uh, I guess it's my turn. Uh, no real movie or TV news, but I have been. Wa- I subscribed to my WWE Network pass. Been watching some old WrestleManias. Pretty damn awesome. Um, Who got put through the Mexican announcer table? Everybody. <laughs> every match everybody <laughs> they just kept breaking new tables yeah 
And then the, the latest WrestleMania, which I don't even know what number it was, aired today, and I watched that too. And oh. I will say, it is long. <laughs> Holy crap! It's like pushing five hours, five and a half hours, or something. It's fuck. Didn't didn't they have uh, women headlining for the first time ever at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah. triple threat. The main event was triple threat: Row Ra- Ra- Rowdy Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. I think his name. Yeah. Good match. Like, I was joking around uh, with Miguel, like, and Miss Elizabeth came out and looked concerned. Like, it's gone from <laughs> Miss Elizabeth and for whatever the bra like, panty matches. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, hair pulling and dresses coming off to just real. These, guys, these girls are badass. Um, I don't watch wrestling that much anymore, so when I do watch it, I've, I've, I've kind of missed this whole evolution of it. It was pretty awesome. Um, Did but yeah, more importantly. I like watching the older stuff, so I've gone from <laughs> WrestleMania two to ten so far. It's wow. pretty good. And just seeing some of these jobbers like Shawn Michaels <laughs> and Bret Hart as like just tag team guys, and then now you get to the ten, where all of a sudden they're the headliners, you know, they're the legend, hardcore guys, right? So it's pretty cool. So, uh, Jeff, quick question. Well, hopefully yep. quick about uh, the WrestleMania that took place today. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were there any wrestlers there where you were like? Oh my god, I can't believe this guy's still going out there. Um, Vince McMahon. No, Vince. Shane. Shane McMahon. This guy's still f- jumping off of the top rope. I, I, the yeah, I've always, I've always heard that he's like the best wrestler that's not actually, like, that will never actually get out there to do real shit, I guess. I don't know how to put it. He's, fr- he's freaking hardcore. Like, yeah, he's, he's the one jumping through the Spanish announcer's table and doing all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> him, uh, like, it was Kurt Angle's last match, so, like, it was. Played up as kind of old stuff. Uh, Drax fought Triple H, so both those guys are super old. Well, but like the um, Undertaker didn't like waddle no. out there. No, but they let Hogan back in WWF. He had a brief appearance, which he got banned after his uh, oh after naughty the tapes. things he said. Yeah, mm. sex tape is okay. Can't can't do the other thing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he's been allowed back in. So he just came out and said some stuff. Uh, who else? You know, appearances by people like Ric Flair and Bret Hart, Hogan. But no one, the oldest ones were, I think, Triple H, Kurt Angle. I could be missing something. But yeah, about that was about it. It's just really long. I don't follow that much anymore. So a lot of the matches I was, all right, who the hell are these people? <laughs> um, but some of it was still pretty cool. And, uh, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. So, uh... Okay. Anything oh, else? wait. I do have one more thing. Let's go back to our AFI quotes. We're oh, yeah. a little while. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So, we've been going through the top 100 AFI quotes. We've already done the first 20, I believe. Yes. So, now we're on 80... Uh, sorry. Yeah, 80 through 71. All right? All right. Guess the movie. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> Rambo. Rockies 1 through 15. Uh, you guys are going to get <laughs> most of these. We're starting to get into stuff like more mainstream. Stuff. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> I am serious. And don't call me sure. Don't be sure. Yeah, airplane. All right. Airplane. Open the pod day. Open the pod bay doors, please. Hal. What? 2000. Open the pod. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. Jesus. How can I open the pod? What are you doing, pod? Dave? Yeah. All right. Soylent green is people. <laughs> <Your> tombstone. <laughs> uh, I'm Hooker. 
shit. Was it called Sonic Green? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was getting confused on that one. Hasta la vista, baby. Red Heat. Oh, is that if somebody you want to get the real shine on? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Radio. All right. Here's <laughs> one that I think Scott might. Scott, I think, only has the other. I don't know. I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. Oh, Gone with the Wind. No. What? A streetcar named Desire. Wow, Alex coming through. Because that was a Simpsons episode. That was it. As Marge, she played Blanche Dubois. Okay. We should go back and find out how many movies we've covered. We don't really cover the classics, folks. But this next one we have covered. Mm-hmm. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Uh, Batman 89. Yep. I've got it. Chinatown, of course. All right. Mother of Mercy. Is this the end of Rico? Such a trippers? <laughs> yeah, such a trippers. <laughs> no. This came out in 1930. Um, the end of zombie Shakespeare. Is it? Is it a Marx Brothers movie? I have no idea. Uh, does it have a weird title? It has a title named after... Um, Something like it hot. A, a pizza chain. And we all and all three of us took this class in high school. Little Caesar? Yeah. It's a movie called <laughs> Little Caesar. Parwis Kaisar? Parwis Kaisar. It's uh let's see here. It's Edward G. Robinson, Douglas Fairbanks. Oh, oh, oh Doug Fairbanks? I know Doug. Yeah. Yeah, a little before our time here. Alright. Um I'm sure some like classic guys like go to the store podcast anyway, so don't worry about it. Uh no <laughs> wire hangers ever. Oh, uh, Halloween. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? No. Uh, Carrie. No, goddammit, I know this. Uh, 81. Fuck. Starring Faye Dunaway. Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. Goddammit. Uh, shit. I, yeah. Blinking. Mommy Dearest. That, that was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't right. go in. Negative. <laughs> Negative. Just impacted the surface. And the last one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wasn't that Randy Newman in that song? Baby. You ain't heard nothing, nothing yet. yet. 1927 or 28. I have two different times here. but Al Jolson. May McCovey. Oh, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> the, the, the jazz singer? Yes. Oh. All right, that's Gross. it. Racist. <laughs> All right, just real quick. We haven't done Titanic, Wizard of Oz, Dirty Dancing. Have we done Top Gun? I think we did Top Gun, so there's one. <laughs> Are we talking about the FI 100? No, of these quotes. Oh, how the many quotes. Have we done? Uh, two Towers. Have we even done Rocky yet? I don't even think we have. We've done we did Rocky Four, yeah, but not. We did the best Rocky. Yeah, yeah. that'd be true. But T <laughs> two, yep, and Chinatown. We've done like less we than five. We got to get on it. Well, we I, well, eventually we're gonna get to the Casablanca stuff, so I know we did that. Yep. Uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna get to Indiana Jones. Uh, we've done Raiders at what, least. What lines can be from Indy? 
I hate snakes. Snakes. I have no idea. Why did it have to be snakes? I don't think it's on here. I'm glancing ahead now. Penitent man. Penitent. Penitent man. Penitent. All right. Uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we at Hans Shop First like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.